Don't you love the way music can make you feel some kind of way? I could sing, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful, every Sunday, and it would take me back to my childhood Christmases. Mom and Dad at Seventh Presbyterian Church. From the beautiful, smoky, jazzy joy of Tad Jones's A Child is Born, to this smoking hot feminist <laughs> uh, treatment to a little drummer, boy, now girl. Music makes us feel some kind of way. And we sing because we feel some kind of way. So I don't know exactly what genre of song Mary was singing. Maybe she was doing a little like jazz. The Lord has looked upon me with the fullness of his glory. I don't know, some kind of jazz. Or maybe she was doing a little hip hop. Here I am, use me like you can, God. Here I am, just use me like I can. I don't know. Or maybe it was Taize. I am your chosen one. And you can use me now. Taze is always weird to me. I don't know what the genre was, but Mary starts singing when she finds out that God has got a special calling on her life. She erupts into joyful song because she hears that she's going to participate in the liberating power of her God. A God she knows from childhood, a God she knows from her story, a God she knows has big ears and can hear the cries of her people and not only hears but moves. Mary's God is not an idol, idol. Mary's God is an active participant in the lives of humankind. They cry foul on injustice and God shows up. They're in bondage and God shows up. They need to be rescued and God shows up time after time after time again. Mary hears from God that the baby inside her is going to have a name that's a mission statement. God saves. And she's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Use me. And she starts singing. We don't know that much about Mary. The Catholics reify her, deify her. The Protestants ignore her. Who's Mary? You've heard me talk about how Jesus gets empired, but this girl gets empired too. She gets cutened up and nicened up. And before you know it, she's just a Placido Domingo womb with which God can do whatever God wants kind of passive, kind of nammy-pammy. But this is a tough little girl. This is a tough 15-year-old girl, African-Semitic, tough 15-year-old girl, feminist girl, I'm gonna say, willing and able to say yes in a context where she was relatively voiceless, traveling across country to live with her aunt for a little while, I don't always track that, but just like most teenage girls get shipped off away when they're embarrassing their parents with their pregnancy, Mary was shipped off to go hang out with Elizabeth and them. <laughs> kind of scandalized. I mean, she told Joseph that God did it. And some people believed it, but some people didn't. Most people didn't. Most people thought that she had been attacked by maybe a Roman soldier. 
So it's a kind of unwed Hebrew girl, African Semitic Hebrew girl in a scandal who's boldly, bravely singing this song of joy. Woo! God's gonna use me. But that's only part of it. The rest of it is sort of like a protest song. I mean, she's singing, God, thank you for looking down on the lowliness of your servant. But then she's singing, God has come to scatter the proud. And God has come to flip things upside down. And God has come to dismantle systems and structures like the empire that made people suffer. I'm not talking about suffering like I don't have a 4013B suffering. Or I'm not talking about suffering like I'm struggling to pay for my second mortgage or some kind of suffering. I'm talking about like abject poverty where the empire charged high taxes and the empire used it to build roads and make weapons. And yeah, the empire kept the people safe, but the people only subsisted inside the empire. Just like the empire today. Like how the empire today, again, the empire, the system today, decides we don't need social services anymore for the millions who are hungry. Or the empire today decides to build walls to keep people out and build gates around communities to keep the empire safe from the proletariat. Do you all know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the empire that strangles the suffering and builds wealth on the back of the penniless. Mary's song is a critique of that system, of that culture, of that structure, and a kind of prophetic hint of the time to come. And the time to come isn't that God's gonna smite the wealthy, that's not what she sings, but she's singing, everybody's gonna have enough. And she's singing a kind of sense that everybody should have enough. That there's enough for everybody. Enough fresh water, enough food, enough shelter, enough clothing for everybody. So Mary's song is for the day laborer who only has barely enough to feed their children and goes to work a third job to make ends meet. Mary's song is for the harassed woman struggling to stay safe as she picks grapefruit and a farm. Her song is for all the ones toiling to bring forth fruit of the earth that we all consume in order to live. Her song is for the children in Flint, Michigan who still don't have clean water. Mary's song is for the undocumented. Her song is for the immigrant, because she was going to have an immigrant baby. Mary's song is for every family who flees persecution. Mary's song is for every black and brown body languishing in prison for smoking some pot. Mary's song is for all of the ones who just ache to be seen and known and loved and valued for exactly who they are. Her song is for the LGBTQ teenager wondering if he comes out, will his mama still love him? Mary's song is for the trans in the T in the group of letters for the trans people marginalized by their own queer people. 
Come on. Mary's song is for the intra fighting that Latino people and black people do like, I don't know what that's about. But in the spaces and places where we battle to see who's the most oppressed and can't make a coalition, Mary's song is for every woman whose body has ever been objectified. Mary's song is a Me Too critique of patriarchy. Come on now. Mary's song is a wild song. Oscar Romero, priest and martyr, drew a comparison between Mary and the poor and powerless people in his own community. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German pastor and theologian executed by the Nazis for standing up against the annihilation of Jews, called the Magnificat, this song, the most passionate and wildest, one might even say the most revolutionary hymn ever sung. Mary's song is a wild song. It's a dangerous song, like a dangerous prayer. Use me, God, and I know you're up to something cray-cray. Use me, God, and I can feel that you're on the move, coming to fix what's broken and make straight what's crooked and even out the playing field, God. Mary's song is a wild protest, prophetic song from a vulnerable 15-year-old unwed mother to the world to say, I know what God is up to, and I'm going to participate in it. Do you all know that there was a Bible called a slave Bible? And do you know that the slave Bible left out passages about freedom and liberation, left out the whole Exodus story, right? Do you know that in some countries they leave out the parts of the Magnificat in which Mary is being this prophetic girl? It's okay for her to be like, okay, use me as a womb. But when she starts critiquing structures and systems, it is banned in India, Guatemala, and Argentina. They won't even let it be read because it's so scary that God is on the move. Mary's song is a kind of acceptance to her call to ministry, to her call to participate in the liberation of God's people. And I just want to remind us this morning that Mary is not the only one called to be a liberator. You and I are also called to gestate justice. You and I are also impregnated with the very dream of God. We are full of the light and love that is the divine energy at work in each of us. I like to think she's a girl, but you might have a boy. Put your hand on your belly. I don't know. <laughs> But I want you to touch your stomach for just a second and imagine with me that right inside your belly, God is at work growing something. Growing righteous indignation. I can't say that. Growing righteous indignation. Growing impatience with the status quo. Growing the right amount of agita. The scripture says Jesus was disturbed in his belly when he looked around at injustice. Growing the right amount of disturbance in your belly 
for everything yucky and ugly, everything racist and classist, everything sexist and homophobic. I want your stomach grumbling with the sense of like, oh, that is not going to work for me. Touch your belly. Can you feel that? Feel it moving? A sense that God's dream is your dream? That you also are theotakos, fancy way to say bearing God. That you also are Christopher, Christ bearer, fancy way of saying Christ bearer. Christopher is, that's what it means. That no matter our religion, no matter what we confess to believe in, that there is something at work in us right now that is the product of an unjust world. It means we can't be apathetic. It means empathy and sympathy are not enough. It means outrage is the only response to the world we've inherited. And we are the ones we've been waiting for to make it right. This isn't just Mary's call. This is our call. We are called to push love out of our bodies. Can you feel the labor pains? We're called to the stretching and pulling, to the shape shifting, to the sinew relaxing. I have never had a baby, but as I heard what happens, <laughs> that there's some drugs that get in you that just make it all relax so you can just push it all out. I want us to be full of that pushing energy, that birth-giving energy to give birth to the reign of God right now on earth. I don't know that we have time to wait. I don't know that we have the luxury of somebody else has got it covered. I think it's you. And I think it's me. So one day when I was in a really bad mood, and I had been down to Washington, D.C. with a whole bunch of women wondering why in the hell we would put somebody named Kavanaugh on the bench. Like there weren't other white men to go on the bench. Somebody accused of such stupid, crazy behavior, but let's just do them anyway. I was really angry and really upset, and I was praying, and I got a poem. And it turned out the poem took the shape of the national anthem. I think you have a song in you. I know you do, because I'm not a musician. But the prayer in you, the poem in you, the ache in you, the desire in you, the vision in you that comes from the holy, that is for us all to see and hear, we've got to sing those songs and do that work. We just have to do it. So this is the one that came out of my body. Will you, will you sing it with me? And please turn off my microphone. <laughs>
Amen.